Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. I would like to turn your attention to the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms, and we will read from the 144th Psalm. Psalm 144, and I would like to begin reading at the fourth verse, and then we're going to immediately skip down to the ninth verse, Psalm 144, verse 4. The scripture says, man is like to vanity, his days are as a shadow that passeth away. Verse 9, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God. Upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. It is he that giveth salvation unto kings, who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. That our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace. That our garners may be full according, affording all manner of store. That our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets. That our oxen may be strong to labor. That there be no breaking in nor going out that there be no complaining in our streets. That sounds nice. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. By the help of the Holy Spirit this morning, I would like to preach to you for a few moments on this subject. We're a happy people. Yes, we are. Hallelujah. I want to say that again. We are a happy people. Yes, we are. Can we just lift our hands, our hearts, our voices unto the Lord this morning and give God praise again for his word, for the spirit of the Lord that is in this place. God, we truly praise you and thank you for you are here and we do feel you near to us. And we praise your name in this place, asking that you move deeply and mightily among us. Deliver us, O God. Deliver us from the snare of the fowler. And let the joy of the Lord rise upon us. Make your face to shine upon us today. Hallelujah. Let the increase of the Lord rest within us. Oh, bless your name. Oh, bless your name. Oh, bless the name of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. And amen. Can we clap our hands one more time unto the Lord? Thank you, precious Jesus. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Some know exactly what this title means. And and maybe some don't. We're a happy people. Yes, we are. And I, I honor the great heritage and history of the Calvary Church. Uh, such, a, such a rich uh, heritage that you have. And I am thankful every time I walk in and, and see that uh, the beautiful picture of Bishop and Sister Norman and Mary Alice Pasley, uh, the great founders and, and very dear to our family and to me personally. 
this church has blessed, has been blessed for many years with, with apostolic doctrine and apostolic demonstration. Uh, the, the prophetic ministry has flowed freely in and among this congregation. And the divine destiny of the Lord is upon you and has been upon you since, since your beginning. And uh, I have, a, 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 of course, a unique connection. My grandparents were very close to uh, Bishop and Sister Pasley, and, and they formed what was known as the Gospel Melodies. Anybody remember the Gospel Melodies? All right, so I got to give just a little history lesson because because I uh, it's just one of those things that you know it, it it was at one time and 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 this was a collection of preachers, singers, evangelists, ministries uh, that were very contemporary in the forties and fifties and sixties, and they they traveled the nation, they trailed a, a blazed a trail uh, across the nation and crisscrossed. Uh, the United States and, and really the world preaching the gospel and singing the gospel. See, see, back when they they would not just you know preach, but before they would preach, they would sing like three or four songs. And my grandmother told me one time she was in a revival meeting that I was preaching, and and she heard me preach several nights in a row. And she said um, after the third or fourth night, she said, "Joel, you need to sing before you preach." And I said, see, Grandma, there's a little problem. I, that worked really well for you, but, but there's a great chasm between my voice and your voice. I don't know that it would have the same effect on folks if I tried to sing. But they, would, they knew the power of song, and we just experienced the beautiful power of song. We're commanded in the Scriptures to sing unto the Lord a new song. We're commanded in the Scriptures to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our heart to the Lord. And the gospel melodies understood the power of praising God and leading the people of God in praise. And there were several uh, members of this, of this great gospel melody uh, conglomerate. It was uh, comprised of the Kinsey Hush Party, Brother Fred and Sister Vera Kinsey. This is the parents of Sister Sandy Jordan from Toledo, Ohio, our former superintendent's wife, and uh, also Mac and Norma Luna, and um, Harry Slattery would play the, the keys, and I know these, some of these names aren't, aren't resonating with a lot of people, but uh, Sister Helen Anderson, and... Uh, of course, my grandparents, the Urshans, and Bishop and Sister Pasley, and they would sing and preach and lit camp meetings aflame and revival services and anniversary services, and people received the Holy Ghost, and people went down into the waters of Jesus' name, baptism, and, and it, was just a, it was just a glorious time. And they had like signature songs. They had signature songs. Sister Helen Anderson would sing, I was there when it happened. And I guess I ought to know. I'm not going to sing all of them, trust me. She said, I was there when he forgave me. I was there when he saved me, saved my soul. He lifted my heavy burdens. Hallelujah. They would sing these songs. My grandparents would sing, somebody touched me. And then grandma would say, oh, I can do it like her, but I'm not going to try. You're just going to have to take my word for that. My girls can testify I can do it like her, but y'all aren't going to hear that. You're just going to have to take my word for it. 
she would get to this point in the song where she would she had a, a, a kind of a bluesy sound and she would have this deep guttural like growl where she would say, Oh Lord, somebody touched me. He touched me and I turned around. He touched me and I spoke in tongues. He touched me. Hallelujah. And they would sing these songs and man, people would just come alive. And Bishop and Sister Pasley, of course, would sing Pentecostal music. There'll be music there. Pentecostal music there. The hallelujah chorus will be, is heard there, was heard there. And, uh, but, but perhaps their, their most signature song was, we're a happy people. Yes, we are a happy people. All day long, we sing our song. Jesus writes our every wrong. And I, I, you, when I first heard that as a kid, I was like, I thought Jesus was like Santa Claus writing our every wrong, like <laughs> making a list of who's naughty and nice. And I thought, man, I am in so much trouble. But, but they weren't saying he like writes our every wrong with a pen. They were saying he writes as in, as in he makes right our every wrong. He, R-I-G-H-T, he writes our every wrong. And and they would, they would smile and they would sing and joy would fill the place where they were. And I wasn't there in those days. I just heard all the stories and, and have heard the, 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 the recordings. And, and it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful time. It really, to, to look at it was a beautiful time. And, and I think sometimes it, when we look back from this vantage point, 2018, and we look back on the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, and we, and we hear of, we're a happy people. Yes, we are. Uh, we have a tendency to, to, kind of, to kind of glamorize that period and, and maybe romanticize it a little bit. And the, the black and white pictures kind of push it into a, a vagueness of, of understanding exactly what was going on. And we, we many times look at those, that era and those people and their songs and, and their approach to life and we, we dismiss it almost as, as, man, those were the good old days. I wonder how wonderful it would be to live in, in those days. You know, when songs were songs. Hey, man, man, when back in the good old days and we just, we just, it's 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 just really beautiful to be able to look back on and we we use words like that was a simpler time we call the 50s the decade of innocence and we we look back at that period and we and we really do kind of approach it with kind of a romantic uh, a feel and sentimental feel and and lose perhaps the the understanding of what really was going on during those days i i want to i want to submit that it wasn't quite as simple as what we make it out to be I want to I just say that it wasn't, it wasn't quite as, as unrealistic as you and I may imagine. And in many ways, it was harder than it is right now. It was probably, I wasn't there, so I'm not an official on this, but I would imagine it was maybe simpler in the sense that you weren't like always connected to absolutely everybody all the time, regardless of where you are in the entire world. I mean, you can't, you cannot stop working. You got to put it on airplane mode and, and act like you just, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you called. No, I had my phone off for 24 hours because you can't get away from it now. So maybe in that sense, it's, it was perhaps a simpler time. But, but there were hardships in that day that we can't even fathom in 2018. 
They had just come through something that was called the Great Depression. And, and the Great Depression wasn't just something that people like looked on the front page of the paper and, and saw that, okay, I guess we're in the middle of a depression. This was something that affected every household in the nation. Like people were, the nation had rations of food and supplies that they could, that they could have. And, and, and people that, that were brought up in the era of the Great Depression, they know how to, how to, you know, appreciate a dollar bill and they, they know how to appreciate a plate of food and they know how to appreciate a budget because they remember when they really seriously, sincerely, no hyperbole, had nothing. It was a great depression, and it was a depressive period. And, 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 yet, and yet, they were happy people. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. They were a happy people. I, I mean, imagine, imagine, just imagine what it would be like if Adolf Hitler was like a real person who, like, lived now. I mean, we look at him very comfortably and conveniently on the pages of history, and and, and, and are, are a safe distance of time and humanity away from him. But, but not that generation. This, this man was annihilating millions of the Jewish people in Germany. A, a docile, just a simple place called Germany. And, and he was wreaking untold hellish havoc upon the people of God. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't something trapped in the history books. This was something that was really going on in the early 1940s and, and 43 and 44 and 45. He was alive and he was well and he was trying to take over the world. And to stop him, almost many households had to sacrifice their sons, their brothers. People here perhaps have uncles and maybe siblings and that, that, that died in the Great War. The, the Great War, World War II, where the whole world had to stand up together and, and put a stop to the, to the maniacal, uh, ravaging ways of Adolf Hitler and, and turn him back. And if it hadn't been for a man by the name of Winston Churchill who said, we'll fight you anywhere you come. We'll fight you on the sea. We'll fight you in the streets. We'll fight you in the air. We'll fight you anywhere. You want it, bring it, and we'll fight you. And, and he turned back the advances of that evil man Adolf Hitler but that's history to us it was very real to them we 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 got you know it was it was a serious thing when Kim Jong-un sent a ballistic missile across over Japan and landed in the in the ocean and and he and he was demonstrating look if I wanted to I could send I could put nuclear nuclear power inside that missile and I could send it somewhere and I could do great harm and man it was scary and it, a panic kind of set in and it hit the front pages of the papers Folks, I'm going to tell you, if, if that scared us too bad, I'd hate to see how we handled the Cuban Missile Crisis. When Nikita Khrushchev, premier of the Soviet Union, literally set up nuclear warheads on the island of Cuba, 80 miles from the Florida coast, that'd be like him setting up nuclear warheads in Louisville, saying, all right, Cincinnati, your history. You talk about a prayer meeting. But, but they were happy people. 
It didn't matter if nuclear warheads were, were aimed at them. It didn't matter if, if, if there was a Korean War erupting right after a World War II. It didn't matter if there had been a Great Depression. It didn't matter if, if, there were, if there was some kind of a new tragedy on the horizon. They just they sang their song all day long and, and declared happiness, happiness, happiness. Jesus makes right my every wrong. and We are a happy people. Yes, we are. And I, I, I look at the word of the Lord and I, I, I see this passage of scripture and he describes this thing. He said, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God. And upon a psaltery and an instrument and, 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 and of ten strings, I will sing praises unto thee. Now, now make sure you understand, man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passes away. And that, that hangs over our head in everything that we do. Because we know at the end of the day that none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And that, 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 that each and every one of us face our own mortality. And, and we don't know whether we will live beyond today or beyond this year or beyond next year. We make plans. But the Bible warns us, boast not the Myself of tomorrow, for you know not what a day may bring. But I can hear the psalmist in spite of the fact that man's days are like vanity and he's like a shadow that passes away. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Lord, I want you to hear me. I'm going to sing a song unto you. I'm going to sing a song upon ten-stringed instruments. And I want you to hear me because I want our sons that they may be as plants grown up in their youth. And our daughters that they may be cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace. That our garners may be full, affording all manner of store. That our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets. That our oxen may be strong in labor. That there be no breaking in and no going out. That there be no complaining in our streets. Folks, he is describing a day that is coming. He's not speaking fancifully. He's not having some kind of a, of a ridiculous wish list. He is describing what is the knowledge of the people of God. Regardless of what you may be facing now, when the Lord is your God, you can be a happy man. You can be a happy woman of God and know that there's coming a day when our sheep will bring forth thousands and ten thousands. There's coming a day when our daughters and our sons will grow up without fear there's coming a day where there will be no breaking in hallelujah yeah you, you know it wasn't because they weren't naive people when they when they sang so jubilantly about the things of god Yes, there was chaos erupting all around them. War was breaking out on various continents of the earth. And the signs of the times were multiplying at a rapid rate. And they just went about singing their song, giving God the praise, giving God the glory. I need to say something to somebody today. Hear what I'm telling you. You need to come off of Twitter and get in the word of the Lord. Come off of Instagram for a little while. Come off of Facebook for a little while. And get back to the word of the Lord and realize our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. 
Uh, hallelujah. I get it. I get it. I understand. I enjoy the pleasantries of my, my life and my world. And, and there are times that when a sea breeze hits you and you think there's just nothing better. Oh, but there is. This world is not our home. We are just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And the angels are beckoning us. Hallelujah. See, see, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. And our happiness does not come from a a bottle that we tip and drink. And our happiness does not come from something that we roll up and smoke. And our happiness does not come from some kind of a relationship that we enter into with false hope. That it will become something more than what it could ever be. Our happiness is in the joy of the Lord that is our strength. I need to say that again. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I feel like somebody needs strength today. And I've come to tell you that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm talking about real strength. I'm not talking about artificial strength or a false strength. I'm not talking about a caffeine high or an adrenaline rush or a little buzz. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord is your strength. Glory. Hallelujah. It is not a worldly happiness. It is a heavenly happiness. It does not come from this earth. It comes from glory. Hallelujah. See, see, I'm not talking about feeling like a room without a roof. I'm talking about being truly happy. Oh, glory to God. Because when the Bible talks about joy, it's not talking about an emotion, but it's talking about a knowledge. Ooh, hallelujah. It's, it's a knowledge. It has nothing to do with what you're going through right now. It has nothing to do with whether things are as you want them to be. It has everything to do with the fact that this is temporary. But there is coming a day where no sorrow shall come. No tears to dim the eye. Oh, I wish I could say it like I feel it. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day. What a day. What a a glorious day that will be. That's where the joy of the Lord comes from. See, see, it has to do. The joy is the Lord's joy. It is the joy of the Lord that is my strength. The reason that that day is the Lord's joy is because all God's children come home. It's it's like when you come to the it's like when you come to the Christmas dinner table and and all the kids are there and they're coming from the uttermost parts of the earth and they sit down at the dinner table and you look up at mom or dad or grandma or grandpa's face and and there is this inexplicable irreplaceable joy. 
because all the children have come home. That's what happens when we all get to heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In those mansions, bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout the victory. He told this to Job. He explained this to Job. He said, Job, you need to, you need to kind of calm down because Job was getting kind of arrogant in his assessment of his own knowledge. And, and the Lord appeared to him and began to explain to him, you don't know everything you think you know. And he said, Job, you need to hear what I'm telling you. I know of stuff you can't even dream about. He said, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I carved out paths in the sea? Do you understand the, the, the constellations, the purpose of the constellations? And then he said, where were you when the morning stars sang together and when the sons of God shouted for joy? See, Job, there was a time when, when, when I had everybody together and the sons of God shouted for joy. See, Job, I remember a time before there was a devil, before there was rebellion. I remember a time before there was sin and sorrow and shame. I remember a time when it was all peace and joy. And so help me. It's going to be that way again. Yeah. This is any time that you talk about joy in the word of the Lord as it pertains to God. It is always talking about heaven. That's why he said that when the lost lamb ventured off and the good shepherd went to find him, he got him, brought him back to the fold with him wrapped around his neck, called his neighbors together, and they rejoiced. And Jesus stopped the parable and said, just as the neighbors rejoice, so is there joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repentance. And the lady with the lost coin found it and she called her neighbors and said, I found the coin that was lost and they rejoiced. Jesus stopped the parable and said, just as the neighbors rejoice, so is there joy in heaven over one sinner that comes home. Because little by little and slowly but surely God is bringing his children home. I I don't know why he loves us so much, but he loves us so much. And he gets joy over every person filled with the Holy Spirit. And he gets joy over every person that is baptized in Jesus' name. And he gets joy over every sinner that turns from their wicked ways. He's so looking forward to it that even precious in the sight of the Lord... Is the death of his saints because there is joy. I know this is what seems real to us, but this is so temporary. We're not supposed to die. We're not supposed to be aging. We're not, we're not supposed, none of that, none of that is supposed to be happening. That is all a result of sin and shame and sorrow. But, 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 but Jesus paid it all. And all to him we owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but Jesus washed it. Hallelujah. White as snow. Thank you, Jesus. So we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He endured the cross because he could see that beyond the cross was the joy, the joy. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah is the one who said that first. Nehemiah said the joy of the Lord is your strength. He was building the gates and the foundations of the city Jerusalem. He was building the wall. What's so beautiful about that is that to, to kind of get their eyes off of their enemies and get their eyes off of all the sadness that was surrounding them, he turned them to the joy of the Lord. And John looked into that city and John saw that city and he described that city because Nehemiah may have been building gates and walls and foundations on earth, but, but Nehemiah understood this is, this is temporary. We're only doing on earth what is already done in heaven. So keep your eyes on that city. And it'll give you strength to build this city. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so we watched from a distance from Montgomery and saw the great Calvary Church suffer through a very traumatic experience last this past year. And we wept with you and grieved with you and sorrowed with you. And we, we wept to God for your suffering. And uh, Bishop Pasley was one that we all loved. And, and when somebody like that uh, passes on to glory, it leaves such a tremendous void on earth. Anything that he touched is, is grieving and lamenting that great loss. But of course, we, uh, we do know beyond the shadow of a doubt, hallelujah, that he is in the presence of the Lord and, and, and we rejoice over that and long to see him one day. I'm going to tell you something, what's going to be amazing, and I want to be there, so, so nobody start till I get there. Just tell me when it's going to happen, because I want to see his expression when he starts seeing the souls you win to the Lord. Some of these people that are going to come on Friends Day, he didn't get to meet them on earth, but he's going to meet them in glory. I want to be there when he sees people that are brought to the salvation of Jesus Christ because of the mission money that Calvary Church has given through the years. Folks, he never met on earth. Folks, I'm telling you that there is joy. There is joy. There is joy. There is, there is joy. The old time Pentecostals used to sing about it. They, they would sing about the blood of Jesus and they would sing about heaven. It was like that was what they wanted to talk about. He washed me white as snow and now I'm going to heaven. And they would talk about it. Just a few more weary days and then I'm going to fly away to a land where joy shall never end. I'm going to fly away, hallelujah, hallelujah, to a home on God's celestial shore. I'm going to fly away. They, they would talk about it. They would sing about it. They would, they would think Think about it. It's what it's what they it's what they dreamed about. They didn't they didn't want this world. They would they would say there's a, a happy hallelujah land of promise over in the great beyond where the saved of earth shall soon the glory share where the souls of men shall enter and live on forevermore. Everybody will be happy over there. 
Hallelujah. Everybody, everybody, everybody will be happy over there. Hallelujah. We will shout and we will sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. That's why the Bible says, lay not up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves do break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where thieves do not break through and steal. And I thought, Lord, how to, you know, that's quite a security system you got up in heaven that no thieves can break through and steal anything. That's awesome. And the Lord just kind of reminded me, no, come on, get it together, Joe. There are no thieves in heaven. You're going to a place where there is no theft. You're going to a place where there is no crime. You're going to a place where there is no hatred. You're going to a place where there is no shame, no sorrow. Hallelujah. No crying, no dying. In the name of Jesus, somebody get a hold of it and believe it in your spirit and believe it in your heart. There is a city. The streams whereof make glad the city of God. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. I remember when my, when my grandmother passed away. And I, I saw firsthand long-suffering. And I, I didn't altogether understand it. You know, she, I talked about her, her, the sound that she sang with. And it was just a beautiful voice she had. And some of you may not know how she passed away. It was a really, really strange way that she passed away. She was 84, 80, 84 years old. When this occurred, she, she was driving the back roads of Indianapolis home from church one night. And as she was driving home, little did she know there was, a, there was a young lady who was leaving her house in a rampage of anger. She was mad, screaming, and upset. And she, she slammed the door, turned her car on furiously, screeched tires as she pulled out of the driveway and began to drive furiously she didn't know and my grandmother didn't know that they were about to come into contact with each other but on the dark back narrow road of rural Indiana this girl hit an incline she was going too fast she went airborne with her car on the other side of that incline was my sweet angelic grandmother And that car hit hers and rolled over the top of it and crushed her and shattered her in her seat. Brother Mooney, the pastor of Calvary Tabernacle, was the first on the scene. And when he got to the site, he saw my grandmother laying in that seat just completely shattered. Literally, physically, bones shattered. Without a miracle from God, nobody survives that, let alone someone 84 years of age. And, and while she lay there, Brother Mooney was the first on the scene and he leaned into the window and without knowing what to say, he just said, Sister Urshan, I'm, I am so sorry that this has happened to you. She, she was still coherent. It, shortly thereafter, she stopped being able to talk. So this, we think this actually was the last word she said. She looked at Brother Mooney, and this is what she said. She said, Brother Mooney, the Lord does all things well. And over the next six months, she lay unable to speak in a body cast, slowly suffering and dying in it. I didn't understand it. We prayed, we prayed for God to heal her. We knew it would take a miracle, and then... 
And then she passed away. And when she passed away, and I'm just going to be real honest with you, I had a problem with that. And I, I, I was a pastor. I was pastoring here in Cincinnati. But I, I needed to get a hold of God. I needed to talk to God for myself. And I said, Lord, I don't understand this at all. I said, I don't get this. This doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, thought, we, I thought we reap what we sow. I thought, you know, that we give ourselves to you and then, and, then, and then we get that back in return. And so I said, she gave her whole life to you. And then this, this is how? Really? And I said, so if that's how this works, then I'm putting my prayer request in now. I said, I don't want to die a violent death. Just go ahead and mark it down. Joel Urshan, no car crash, no plane crash, no bullets flying, no violent death for Joel. And while I'm praying this arrogant prayer God interrupts me and says to me I died a violent death and it stunned me when he said that to me and I I then I began to weep and I said Lord then, then speak and he interrupted me again and said my apostles died violent deaths and he said have you ever wondered how my apostles died violent deaths because I mean they were crucified upside down, some of them decapitated, boiled in oil. And, and he said, have you ever wondered? Because these were, not just, these were not just people you could easily walk over. They had, these were powerful people. I mean, the apostles blinded people and opened blinded eyes. And, and, and their shadows would fall on people and they would be healed. And, 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 and handkerchiefs would be taken from their body and people would be healed. And, and so he said, have you ever wondered how these... These disciples were martyred without any restraint. And I, and because if it were me and I can blind folks and you're going to try to hang me upside down, I'll just blind you and run off. <laughs> and that's not going to happen that way. You just, we're going to take care of this right now. And I'll walk past, let my shadow pass over you and I'll go run in the other direction. But he said, have you ever wondered how this happened? Because tradition has it that Paul ran to the gallows. And, I, and I, I heard the Lord say, because they had tasted the powers of the world to come. And they no longer feared death. And so Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so our hearts broke for you, Calvary Church. And yet your resilience, your grace, your dignity, the Pasley family, the amazing grace and dignity that they demonstrated is just so refreshing to us in this time of sorrow. In fact, as Brother Pasley's daughters eulogized their father so beautifully, and we all wept as they did it, and I told my girls later, I said, listen, when I go, I just want you to get the transcript of those eulogies and say the same stuff about me. Don't, don't, don't bother fact-checking it on me. Just, just say the same thing. And so our hearts, our hearts broke with you, and, and yet you, you, I, you, you inspired all of us with the joy of the Lord that you held on to and rest in and stand upon. You are a happy people. Yes, you are. You're a happy people. And, and so I, I want to leave you with this. I, I just feel like the Lord put this on my spirit, and, I, and I, felt very, I felt it very important that I share it with you. It was a year ago at our one service that a very important miracle took place. 
I believe, a very important miracle for the Calvary Church. Brother Jack Cunningham was preaching and directing an altar service, and then he, and then he said, I want somebody specifically to come forward right now who has been trying to have a baby and has not been able to do so. And the enemy's been telling you that it's not going to happen. God's going to heal you tonight. And to our shock, Brother Sizemore, you and Sister Kate came to the front. We didn't know. I, the family knew. You all were praying and believing God for a miracle. We prayed for them as a body and there's power in, in, in united prayer. The prayer of faith was prayed over them. And then a holy hush came over the congregation. And we knew the Lord was going to speak. And we didn't know what was going to happen next. But we were waiting for the Lord to speak. And Sister Kate Sizemore burst forth with a message. A beautiful message in tongues. And little did we know, but while the message was coming forth, God was performing a miracle in her all at the same time. The interpretation came forth and the Lord said through the interpretation, I have seen the love that you have one for another. I have seen the unity of this body and I am commanding my blessing in the midst of this unity. And then, of course... The next few months unfolded and, and the unthinkable took place. And, and it, it took all of us off guard and, and none, of it, none of it really made a lot of sense. And we prayed and sought God and, 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 and the Ellis family and the Pasley family demonstrated such confidence in God. And, and, and their, their statement, their refrain was, we trust the Lord, we trust the Lord, we trust the Lord. We're a happy people. Yes, we are. And then the miracle came forth. And your precious baby boy was born. And you named him an important name. You named him Asher. Which I think is interesting. Because it means happy. And I felt the Lord just speak to my spirit. And I just want to share it with you. I know you have come out of a season of struggle. And a season of sorrow. But I feel the Lord just wanted me to stop in today and tell you that you are entering a season of happiness. And I want somebody in this place that needs the joy of the Lord to flood your soul to lift up your hands and receive the word of the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. There's a season of happiness to come upon you right now in this place. In the name of Jesus, you don't have to work to make it happen. God's just going to give it to you. Hallelujah. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. You don't have to, you don't have to get joy or, or somehow find a way to feel joyful. God's just going to give you joy. He's just going to give you happiness. It's not something you're going to develop in yourself. He's going to gift it to you. It's not going to make sense to you, but happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Could you stand with me in this place and lift your hands unto the Lord? All across this building right now, I just want the joy of the Lord to, to, to have free reign in this place. Just lift up your hands unto the Lord. There's a season of happy coming upon the Calvary Church. God has seen your faithfulness. He has seen your trust. He has seen your diligence in serving Him. And He's going to bless you. 
with a new season of happiness and a new season of joy. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.